So there's what's called stealth infections that I'm sure you're familiar with. And it yeah. says exactly what it is. You don't see it on your exam and you don't see it on your blood work. And everybody says, dude, you're good to go. You're healthy. How about not so much? Cause I can't get out of bed. Right? <laughs> That's so true. So the, the blood work is like the worst way to see how healthy you are because it's the last thing to show dysfunction out of anything. Your body will do whatever it takes to keep the blood as clean as it can. If it shows up in the blood, you've had something for a long time. So that's the people that come in to see me and, and you guys as well, is that all my tests come out normal. My blood works normal. I'm within normal ranges, whatever the hell that means. And I'm taking all these different things, but I'm still not well. Why is that? Well, I'm going to tell you the same thing. Most people, when they come in to see me, have never done anything intentionally for the lymphatics. So start there first, because sometimes that's enough to have your immune system kick into gear and then remove the stealth infections. Hello, friends. This is Dr. Motley with the Health Institute podcast. And today we have a very special guest who is a master educator, doctor, chiropractor who knows all things lymph. Dr. Perry Nicholson, who's out of New Jersey, has had so many things that is on his page that I'm intrigued by about how lymphatics and neurology are interconnected. So, Doc, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And Dr. Axe, Courtney all says hi, too. Uh, thank you very much, Doc. It's an honor and a privilege to be on this show. You know how much I love Dr. Axe and all the work that uh, that he does, you know, and for yourself as well. It's a privilege to be on, and I'm excited to talk about lamp. I always joke around, you know, it's like the old Jerry Maguire line where she said, you had me at hello. <laughs> I always say, you had me at lymph. Dude, I'm all in. <laughs> so I, I'm telling you, um, when you say that Jerry McGuire, we're going to give you a brief intro, though, because I want everybody to know you. Um, but when you say like all things limp, uh, to me, it's like the interconnectedness and the power of lymph. and reading your your reports, your books. And just I've been watching your videos. I mean, they are just so powerful. So we're going to go into this. And people who are out there suffering from chronic disease or neurological issues, you guys got to listen up because he's going to tell you some cool stuff about lymph. But let's, mm -hmm. let's introduce him. Okay. Perry Nicholson, DC, the lymph doc. He's an international speaker. He's an educator about movement and chronic pain. He's the founder of Stop Chasing Pain and the Pain Laser Center in Functional Health Solutions. He's author of the upcoming book, Stop Chasing Pain, a Vital Guide to Recovery and Performance. He's the creator also of Body Aquarium, Lymphatic Mojo, which I love that phrase. Um, a self-help treatment program for chronic pain and performance. He's the creator of primal movement chains and fluid force systems programs designed to increase movement competency and fluency. Rock tape master instructor. And if you guys don't know about rock tape, it is a really cool system. It's like kinesio tape, but it has its own spin, which is awesome. He's a board member of the AIMLA, American Institute for Medical Laser Application. Lasers are the wave of the future, in my opinion. And so, Doc, we yeah. appreciate your knowledge. Thanks so much for joining us. Here we go. We're going to talk about some lymph, talk about this healing mechanism. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for that. Yeah. Uh, I've been using lasers for I mean, damn close to 18 years, mm -hmm. therapeutic lasers, long time. And I actually use it on lymphatic channels and lymph nodes quite successfully. Definitely. Um, yeah. Which we can talk about later, but yeah. Well, where do you want to start, man? I Let's mean, I, with, I can talk for like a month. <laughs> I know you can. And I don't want to, guys, I'm going to have Doc here just go and speak his mind. So first of all, some people may not even actually know lymph, the basics of lymph. What is lymph? What are lymph nodes? How do they connect to our bodies? 
That's a great question. Yeah, actually, more people are finding out about it now, which is nice to see. One of the reasons is technology is kind of catching up a little bit where we can see things that we normally might not have been able to see before. But here's the thing. They've always been there (laughs) right below the surface, particularly the glymphatics, lymphatics in the brain, which is a nice discovery over the last couple of years. But Yeah. And honestly, I really didn't pay much attention to that system either through most of my career, to be quite honestly. And the only reason I got exposed to it is because I, like many people, came down with an illness that they really didn't have a name for. You know, I felt like I had all of them, quite frankly. Um, But they call it an autoimmune disease, which is kind of a blanket term, meaning inflammation, gone, gone awry in the body. And then the body will just manifest it based on the individual to a certain diagnosis. But in in my view, it all comes down to inflammation. So I really struggled on getting better from inflammation, honestly, from everything that I already had in my wheelhouse that I studied or toolbox over the years from movement to neurology to, uh, you know, mobilization and chiropractic stuff. They all helped. I mean, they kept me, honestly, I think they kept me above ground quite honestly, because I mean, I could have suffered a lot more than I did, but it just wasn't getting better, man. I said, there, there's something I'm missing here and everybody else is missing too. I got to think different. So I went back to the drawing board and just started to look at the body like a rookie, like a newbie. Like I didn't know squat, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and so you get out of your own way, honestly, when you do that, because I always say experts know more and more about less and less You become very myopic, you know? <laughs> And I thought to myself, well, I mean, if I got inflammation, I mean, what's the system that controls that, right? And well, it's all of them because I say that no system in the body ever works alone, never gets injured alone, never heals alone. But it's the immune system, right? I mean, that's a biggie. And then that's partly controlled by your nervous system, like everything else, of course. But it's not the holy grail either. And I found out the biggest part of your immune system that I wasn't paying attention to were your lymphatic system. Because I was thinking to myself, lymph what? Like, what the? You know, I mean, I looked at it in school, but I didn't pay attention to it. And nobody else when I was sick ever mentioned the damn thing, not once. So I really can't blame them because I wasn't either, honestly. But when you get sick, you know, Gabor Mate says illness comes along to teach you something uh, if you're open to to finding it. And the sicker you get and when you got to rescue yourself, you're going to learn quick, fast and hurry or you're going to give up. And that wasn't an option for me. So I was like, okay, well, you know. The lymphatic system, that's a huge part of your immune system because what it does is, I mean, it kills things that you don't want inside of your body and gets rid of waste material and toxins inside of your body and inflammation. I was like, what? That's kind of big, right? I mean, it's the major exit route for the stuff that's inflaming me and taking me out. Then I wasn't paying attention to it. And it's also part of your circulatory system. And I'm like, that's big too, man, because I I need blood flow to go to all these areas that have inflammation or that I'm trying to heal. Mm -hmm. But that's not going to work out too well. If the lymph is overloaded, overburdened, we call stagnated, choked, blocked, it just doesn't move as well as it could. Mm -hmm. Right. And from this point on, I want people to think about lymph fluid as like water. Because it behaves like water is 90% water. So when you understand about the properties of water and you know, free-flowing water or stagnant water or blocked water, mm-hmm. then you understand how it works. But here's the gist of it. One, if that system 
isn't working as well as it could. And it isn't in most people. And people often ask me why. I'm like, well, one, because you probably haven't done anything intentionally on purpose to take care of it. It's always been by accident. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't know that you're moving it. But you have to dedicate yourself to actually purposely taking care of it when it gets beyond a point where it can't do it on its own anymore. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't doing that. So basically you, you shut down the, what I call the sewage system of your body, you know, and it's a couple of different analogies that I'm going to give you here. Cause I learned a long time ago that if I'm trying to explain some concept to you, it's best to tie it to something you might already be familiar with. So I don't look like I have three heads talking at you. Right. So there's two analogies that I'm going to give you. If I may, mm-hmm. one is the toilet system in your home. Okay. Right. So I want you to think of the toilet as a lymph node and a lymph node are like these many toilets that are throughout your body and they gather in clusters or communities and families. And you have a lot of them anywhere from 300 to 700. I mean, if you read the research, I just want you to know it's more than one. Okay, Mm -hmm. And uh, those gather the waste through around the cells of the body. And then just like the toilet, when you have waste in there, it needs to get out. So you flush the toilet, right? And yeah. hopefully it goes down. <laughs> and no, then no. when it goes down, it goes into a pipe, a smaller pipe that goes out into the street into a bigger pipe that takes it away and you don't see it anymore. Mm. Well, that's what the lymph node does. It's hopefully flushing the toilets and it takes it into a pipe and then it gets out of the system through bigger pipes for you. Mm-hmm. That in one of the ways it gets out is through goes through the urination at the end point. But I tell people, what would happen if the toilet in your house didn't work well and wouldn't and was backed up? Mm. Well, first of all, I wouldn't want to be living in your house. And your body's the same way. Your cells don't want to live in your body either when it's like a toilet. And this waste backs up. And then, you know, a lot of people will continue to try to flush the toilet, right? Like go down. But sometimes it's so blocked that it won't go down anymore. And then what happens, what is happens to the water? It overflows and then you're in big trouble. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of what happens to the body. The waste has got to go somewhere, man. It ain't going out, it's staying in. And then yep. your body has got to deal with that somehow. So what I'm saying is that, you know, that was so blocked that the only way you're going to get that free is to go in there and use your plunger or use a roto scooter, like a wire in there to take out the block. And then you flush the toilet and then it goes right out. And that's what people have to do with their own lymphatics is one, just knowing that there is a problem, hopefully before the thing overflows, right? Because <laughs> too little, too late. Yeah. And then you got you to gotta manually move the lymph nodes, which we show people how to do by hand, mm. because two things move the lymphatic fluid normally, okay. two big things. They have a little bit of movement on their own through some smooth muscle walls, but not a lot. Two ways, movement. Like if you move yourself, you're going to move fluid. And, <laughs> and people say, move how? And my answer is yes, just do it. I always say, move more of yourself, more often, more ways, more environments. Mm, good. Variety, variation, variability, or just do things that you don't normally do. How about that? Yes. Right? Humans don't do a lot of that. We don't move a lot, right? We sit a lot. We're very stagnant. And just like water that's stagnant, that's nasty. 
you know, stuff grows in that stagnant water. You don't want that. And the same thing can happen inside of your body. So people don't move a lot, but if they do move, they usually do the same kind of movement all the time, Mm. which is also a problem because then you develop certain pathways that fluid likes to go and it doesn't like to go other ways. You understand? Totally. Just like water. So that's why you need to change things up. And so I get you moving, but the other one is breathing, right? Now, breathing is kind of important because if you don't do it, you'll be dead really quick, right? So, but there's different types of breathing. And when I say breathing, I mean mostly through the diaphragm. Now, what that means is some people don't know what that is. The diaphragm is a muscle inside of your body that's a lower part of the ribcage, and it's below your lungs and above your organs in your abdomen. And when you inhale, that muscle contracts and then pushes your organs down towards the floor. And then when you exhale, the muscle comes back up towards your lungs and the organs surf back up like a pump. Mm-hmm. It's pump. It's just like the sewage pump, you know, in your toilet. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so that moves the diaphragm. But people don't really focus on diaphragm breathing anymore. They do mostly stress breathing where it's through a big, giant open mouth that's open all the time. Mm-hmm. And they go too much through the shoulders and the neck and the lungs. They're heavy upper body breathers, mm-hmm. right? And they call them over breathers. So basically, I just took away your other big pump of diaphragm breathing. So most humans, especially if they're in chronic pain or even have autoimmune disease, they don't want to move, right? Yeah. And then they usually don't know anything about breathing because nobody told it to them. So the two primary mechanisms shut everything off. And then this is when people say to me, but nah, I'm a ninja, man. I move all the time and I'm a best breather you're ever going to find. And I'm like, okay. And they said, well, why do I have to do limp work? Because sometimes it's so blocked. Those are no longer enough to do the job. Mm. I got to go in there by hand and manually remove the blocks, unclog the toilet, move the rocks out of the way of your stream, basically of water that's blocked up. Then you breathe and then you move. And then what I'm going to tell you is you're going to have a vastly different experience when you do it that way. It's, It's the sequence that you do it that matters. So the toilet is another one, but you mentioned body aquarium. That's my favorite one because if, if anybody has looked at a fish tank, right, you got fish in there, right? Yeah. Well, I want you to think of those as cells and that they got to have nutrients. That's the food you put on in. They got to breathe. You see the fish breathing in there, right? And the fish poop. Yeah. Well, your cells poop too. Mm-hmm. It's called an energetic cellular ATP process. <laughs> That's called energy. Right. So it's going all in that tank. But if you see up in the tank, you got this little filter up there, right? It's kind of going all the time. What is that doing? It's putting oxygen in the water, but it's moving the water. And then if you, but you don't see it in the tank, but if you opened up all the stuff below the tank that's covered up, it's all full of pipes. It's got a pipe and a filter and a pipe and a filter and a pipe and a filter. It's got all this sort of stuff that keeps it filtering through. So when I look in the fish tank, I don't see like green water. I don't see algae. I don't see specks growing on my fish where it's just like horrific looking water, like a pool that you don't take care of that you want. I don't want to swim in that. So what happens is when that filter system goes, it doesn't go immediately like night and day, like overnight, right? Mm -hmm. It's slow over time. So all of a sudden you look at why the hell is today my fish tank all murky and yesterday it was good. That's what happens to the body. 
Yeah, you know, that's the person. Yesterday I felt great, but today I feel horrific. What's up with that? It develops over time. And then if you look in the tank, you ever see fish in there that are struggling to breathe? Their mouth is going like, yeah, because yeah. it can't get what? It can't get oxygen, yeah. right? And it's swimming in what? Its yeah. own waste, man. And the waste that you put in it from the food you dumped in the tank. So what happens is that you don't get oxygen to tissue. You don't get nutrients into tissue. You swim in waste. And if you let it go long enough, what happens to the fish? They die. They die. And trust me, you ain't going to make new fish in that water. So chronic disease only occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells that work. Mm. Chronic disease mm -hmm. only occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells that work. Mm. And then so I say to myself, well, what the hell does a cell need to work? Two big, these are like a trillion things, but two big ones are this. It's got to get nutrients and oxygen. Yeah. That's kind of big. And then it's got to get rid of the waste after it uses those two things. Mm. If you miss either one of those, you ain't getting better. I don't care what you do on the other thousand of them. That ain't it. Okay. That's the two top categories. All the zillion stuff after that come after those two. Okay. Understand? So I tell people with the tank, now, would you go in there with that tank and take out all the water and clean that out and then put new fish in there without cleaning the filters? No. No, because what's going to happen two weeks later? Same thing. Same damn thing. This is the answer I was looking for for 25 years of why stuff keeps coming back on people. Why are they not staying better when you do something to them? Because that's a ticket. Like you're supposed to get sick, man, but you're not supposed to stay sick. Mm -hmm. that's, that's not the deal, right? That's the, the resiliency and the adaptation comes from getting sick and the ability to recover. So what I tell people is that, hey, well, I would just change the filter and then I'm going to do all the other stuff. And I said, now I want you to think of your lymphatics the same way. I don't want you to do anything else first until you check your filters or you clear your filters. So mm -hmm. that's why in my world, I always say this, lymph always, always always comes first because mm -hmm. it sets the tone for the environment around everything else that you're trying to fix or make better. Mm. You understand? Yep. That's totally. a big deal, man. That's like a super duper uber, really big deal. That's my medical terminology right there. <laughs> it's a huge deal. And I, and I want you to keep going, but like when you said like how it's connected also to the circulatory system, are you saying like with the lymph, the lymph also helps the blood flow to cleanse out? I know you're saying that, but is it like, are the lymph nodes near the arteries? Because I remember in physiology, like, are they close to them? Like, you know, how do the arteries, you know, in a sense, get compared or connect to the lymph nodes? Because people are going to say, yeah, I want to get my blood clean because my circulation's horrible. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you that most people have very poor circulation mm. in the world. And a lot of people have uh, metabolic syndrome, mm. you know too much blood glucose, not enough glucose, all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, I tell people, how in the world do you think all these nutrients that you're eating gets to a cell? How so does this thing called blood, right? Yeah, so it's right. got to get there, right? So the lymph node system is separate. They all intertwine with each other. You, you can't do something with one without impacting another. Every single one works together. Mm -hmm. So the way this works is that, you know, you have the, uh, let's kind of see if I can explain it. You're going to take stuff in through the arterial blood, the red blood. That's the nutrients. That's the oxygen, right? It's going to get the hormones going. 
And then it's going to go through different size vessels, you know, big giant ones to smaller ones to ultimate smaller ones that are called capillaries and arterioles. And then that's the dump site for the single cell stuff that you need to come through with the red blood cell. You know, okay. one, one at a time trickles out and it trickles out into this fluid filled fish tank environment that your cells live in called your interstitial fluid. I just want you to think of it as your fish tank. Yeah. So it leaks out of that, but once it's there, it's got to go into the cell then. So it's got to cross that fluid to go into the fish. You follow? Yes. And the more that water around the fish is toxic, the less chance it has of getting into the cell or into the fish because you got a dirty tank. Right? Wow. So it's not just about getting there. That's half the battle. But once it's there, can it get into where it? Is target is that that's absorption. Yes. Right. So once it gets into that reason, the cell uses, it goes through all its metabolic processes. Then the cell creates waste or poop through the energy process. And then it goes back to the same fluid, just like a fish tank. You yep. put your food in there and your crap is in there at the same time. Right. And the body says, okay, man, we got to get rid of these things because they ain't going to work out too well. Cause if the lip stops working completely, you would be dead in two days flat. Mm-hmm. That's if it stopped working altogether. Mm-hmm. Now, what if it stopped working 10% less? Let's say it's only 90%. Yeah. You're not going to feel that, but 20 years of that, you will. Yeah. And I guarantee you, you will. Yeah. Right? So it's got to get out somehow. And the two primary routes that the waste gets out are through the veins of the body. That's the blue blood. That's mm-hmm. the exit route. Right. And they used to think that most of your waste got out that way. And then the last remaining bits that were too large to go out through the veins because the veins are only going to absorb a certain size particle. Okay. If it's too big, the body's like, well, we got to do something to send it to the lymph node. And the lymph node takes the big particles, mostly your protein waste. Because yeah. you don't want protein floating around in your body. You don't, that ain't going to work out well. Mm. A lot of inflammation there. But now they're finding that it's the other way around. of the stuff goes out through the lymph, not the veins. Wow. So then it goes into the lymph and then it's going to send it to all those little toilets to try to do what? Purify it. it. Kill it. And those lymph nodes are like barcode scanners in the store where your immune system scans a barcode and it tells the immune system what it is. So it knows how to respond to it and what to send there. So if you're really loaded with toxins, you're scanning all day long and you're riddled with an immune system response and inflammation. It's just tag, 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 tag. Wow. Great analogy. Yes. So they're really important scanners. And so they send it to, they purify each one, send it, and a little bit leaks out into the veins, each lymph node, right? And it's going to clean it as best it can. Mm -hmm. And then it's got to go somewhere. So you're like, okay, well, it's in the lymph system. Where has it got to go next? Well, whatever's left needs to get out of the body. So then it's going to dump into the veins of the body, right? So the lymph ultimately dumps into the veins, but at a very special spot. It's at the veins located right at the bottom of the neck at the collarbone and what they call your thoracic, which means middle of the back, inlet, that means going in and outlet going out right at the collarbone. So above the collarbone, it's in. Below the collarbone, it's out. Like, it's right there. (laughs) Okay? 
It's right there. And that what's interesting, dude, is that that's the lowest pressure of fluid flow from lymph and veins in the whole body. Lowest? The right lowest there. is right oh, there. Okay. And that's really important when I come back to that. So don't let me forget. Hang yeah, on to that well, thought because yeah. this is that's really, really important. Which is good. That's the lowest pressure of vein flow and lymph flow in the body. So it goes into the veins there and what's called the sub below clavian vein, below the clavicle, subclavian vein. Okay. And then that goes into another one called the brachiocephalic vein, and then it goes into the vena cava. I don't, I don't care if you know what the hell the names are. They don't mean anything. I just want you to know it goes from a small vein to a big vein to a bigger vein. You understand? Mm -hmm. It's the same vein. It's just got a different name, even though it's one inch apart from each other. <laughs> That's why medicine drives me bananas. Like, I don't care if you know the name. I want you to understand the concept of it. Okay. Yep. Then that goes back in towards the heart. And then the lungs, so it's going to reoxygenate again and then go back out through what? The arterial system. Mm -hmm. So it goes back out through the cardiovascular system and it's no longer lymph at that point. It's called plasma. Mm. And the plasma is the sweet, that's the creamy filling of the blood flow, right? Mm -hmm. And then so it goes into the vascular system again. And then that's when it makes its way to the other exit routes. It's got to filter through the kidney so I can pee it out, goes through the liver so I can detect. So now most of your organs of your body are designed to get stuff out of it, right? Think about it. Most yeah, of your organs are designed to get rid of stuff that's inside of it. And the lymph is the biggest fundamental driver of that. Now, it's important that you understand pressure because that's how fluids work in the real world. It's called hydrodynamics. Think yeah. of like a water dam, like a hydro dam, right? Mm -hmm. So hydrodynamics means this high pressure of fluid goes to low pressure of fluid. Yes. Think about a dam on one side. You've got all the water that's high pressure and what's blocking it. The dam. Mm -hmm. Then on the other side, you got low pressure. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is open the gate of the dam a little bit. And what naturally happens to the water? It says, dude, I'm going that way. It's way easier to go that way. It's the mm -hmm. low flow side. So in, 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 the, in our world with lymph, that means this. If the lowest pressure is at the collarbone, the highest pressure is at the furthest distances away from the collarbone. Oh, goodness. Which means your brain. Yeah. Your fingers and your hands mm -hmm. and your feet and your wrist and your calves. So when you get swelling in the body, where do you usually see it? In those the areas. furthest distance away from the neck. That's my right. feet are always swollen. My ankles are always swollen. My hands are that way, right? I got brain inflammation. And I'm like, well, if they're stuck there, maybe they're stuck there. That's why it's there. You understand? Mm -hmm. So because it can't get all the way. That's a long way to go, man. Oh, totally. Now you understand why I want you to walk, because that's the pump. It moves the fluid. Mm -hmm. It naturally wants to go to here. So one of the first things we look for is a sign of a significantly overburdened fluid system of the body, immune system of the body, and lymph system of the body is puffiness, swelling, or edema above the collarbones. Above the collarbones. Yeah. On both sides. At the both inlet. Side. If you are puffy there, you are significantly compromised 
with uh, fluid flow dynamics and you need help yesterday, you got to get on top of that, mm -hmm. right? But most people don't even know it's there because they're not paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. But if it's blocked there and puffy and swollen, what do you think it's going to be the furthest away? It, it's going to be even worse. That's exactly. It's going to be even worse if it was the furthest away it is. Yes. Yeah. And then here's what I want people to understand is that, you know, out of all those areas of your body, you got nerves, right? And yeah. nerves, they like oxygen, man, <laughs> like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they like glucose. They, they, they like nutrients. But if, if you have poor blood flow, you're not getting those to it. And then you have waste around the cells. That's an environment that feeds inflammation. And then that can feed this lovely thing that we call PAIN, mm -hmm. pain, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. you can go after individual nerves all day long. And that's a start, man. That's good. It's better than not going after them. But what I'm going to ask you is, did you clean your fish tank first? Yes or no? No. Actually, I say yes or yes, because it better be yes. It's the only answer I want to hear. So I clean that tank. The environment around the cell gets better. So now the nerve has a, a better chance of healing, yeah. right? Because there's a phrase. I don't know who said it, but it said this. You cannot get well in the same environment you became ill with it. That's good. I know. It's really good, right? So really good. you got to take care of your environment. The external environment, yeah. that stuff outside of your body, like the stuff that you're putting in it. How about you watch that? But then it's also the internal environment. You yes. need to take care of the internal environment too. And what I'm going to tell you is you need to take care of the internal and the external at the same time. But it's also the internal environment of your thoughts and your brain. This is good. And so when you have this external internal environment, Doc, and I don't want to shift gears. I'm not, I think that whenever we talk about the intoxicities, I know that all toxins are being filtered out through the lymph nodes. So I can't really be picky and just say like, this is the only toxin that affects the lymph nodes. But what happens when those patients, you know, when you have low pressure areas and they come in, let's say they had chronic strep or ear infections when they were a kid, or they had mono, Epstein-Barr virus. And hopefully I'm not going off track. I'm saying those people no, you're like good. listening are like, yeah, is that, is that's what's happening. I mean, my lymph nodes, they always said I had knobby lymph nodes around my neck or my armpits. And then I said I had chronic strep and like, they're going to ask me and ask you, they're going to go, does that stuff camp out? Or why does that, why does the lymph nodes congest yeah. like that from these environmental toxins? Great question. So first of all, I want to, to let you know that your lymph nodes are supposed to get swollen. Mm. Like when you get sick and something is attacking you, your immune system says, don't worry, man, I got you. I'm, I'm going to come after it. I'm going to kill it. And I'm going to give you all these symptoms that make you feel like crap when I do it. Because I want you to stay in bed and rest and not make yourself worse and don't spread it to anybody else. It's called sickness behavior, mm. right? That's and great. it's supposed to get swollen because it's like, dude, I'm going to kill everything for you. And hopefully you get over it, right? And then what happens is, is that your body remembers it and it tags it by making antibodies. Oh. So it knows that when it comes through again, dude, I've seen this guy before. He's not, you don't want him around. Let's kill him quick. <laughs> right. So that's the idea behind immunizations. They give you a little bit of something to kickstart the immune system. Mm -hmm. So, but not enough to take you out, but your, your immune system remembers it and then it'll attack it quicker later. You understand? That's the thought process. 
So it's always learning. It's, there's two systems in your body that have a memory and never forget anything. The, the immune system and the nervous system. It's called the neuroimmune response. You can't have one without the other. So they want to get swollen and big, but you want them to go down, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes what happens is they're so clogged up at that point that they can't go down. So then you have to go in there and manually release them to get it out. Mm-hmm. So let's take this scenario. Mm-hmm. Doc, I'm doing that. But my lymph nodes keep coming back swollen. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good because now I want you to think and then say, why do my lymph nodes do that? They're trying to protect me from something. They're pre-programmed to do it. They're trying to kill something, which means I got something in my body that's there that I don't know about or I thought that was no longer there, like, like a virus, for instance. There's a, lot, there's a trillion different viruses, not just the 19th. So there's a lot of them, right? And a couple of the big ones are the Epstein-Barr, the herpes virus. Those are big. Mm-hmm. Most people got them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And once you got a virus, you always got it. You ain't getting rid of it. And then all these things like the viruses or these bio, these bacteria called biofilm that settle in the system or parasites mm-hmm. there in your body too. You need all these things because you would actually die quicker if you didn't have some viruses and parasites and bacteria working in your favor. Yep. They're symbiotic relationship. It just depends on the ratio, like how many do you got? And then whether you feel symptoms from them or not are dependent on your immune system. Yes. Right. So keep it in check. Those things are sneaky little suckers, man, because (laughs) they don't want to get out. They're like, this is cozy, man. I got a nice Airbnb here. This is good. So they snuggle up in the liver, especially to hang in the liver. They'll come up and do biofilm and then they'll use this uh, little thing called uh, biological or biomimicry. Mm. So they'll they'll cover themselves in a film that the, the body thinks is you mm. and it gets tricked and it just bypasses it, but it's not. So underlying it's driving an inflammatory response. And what's interesting is when you look at the lymph, the liver contributes 50% of the lymphatics to the system. Mm. So if you have an overburdened lymphatic system and overburdened liver, you're going to have congestion that happens. So there's what's called stealth infections that I'm sure you're familiar with. And it says exactly what it is. You don't see it on your exam and you don't see it on your blood work. And everybody says, dude, you're good to go. You're healthy. How about not so much? Because I can't get out of bed. Right? (laughs) It's so true. The the blood work is like the worst way to see how healthy you are, because it's the last thing to show dysfunction Mm -hmm. out of anything. Your body will do whatever it takes to keep the blood as clean as it can. If it shows up in the blood, you've been at something for a long time. Yeah. So that's the people that come in to see me and, and you guys as well is that all my tests come out normal. My blood works normal. I'm within normal ranges, whatever the hell that means. And I'm taking all these different things, but I'm still not well. Why is that? Well, I'm going to tell you the same thing. Most people, when they come in to see me, have never done anything intentionally for the lymphatics. So start there first, because sometimes that's enough to have your immune system kick into gear and then remove the stealth infections, right? To to start to get the quantity down a little bit. You're still going to have to stay on top of those things. You got to get your immune system up. That's why working with stress is so powerful, because stress depletes the immune system. Mm -hmm. So it actually gets weaker, but more reactive, if Mm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So it takes less to set it off. 
But this is also a reason why a lot of people, and it's really important for people listening to understand this. I have some people coming in to see me who are taking literally sometimes 20, 30, 40 different supplements to, to try to help their system. Yeah. And I'm like, I can appreciate that, right? But you're putting 20, 30, 40 things into the fish tank that's clogged up. That's all right. All you're doing right. is you're clogging it up more. So there's a phrase in osteopathic medicine that is so profound and so simple that when you read it, you say to yourself, oh, my God, that makes complete sense. But then you start to doubt yourself and you say, there's no way it can be that simple. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, first of all, who the hell ever told you that? <laughs> Humans and medical professionals love to complicate everything, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's this phrase, drainage precedes supply. Ooh. Drainage yeah. precedes good. supply. So let's break that down. What's precede mean? Before, right? What's supply? Same That's same. probably your food and your oxygen and your nutrients and your supplements, mm -hmm. right? What's your drainage? Well, that's your lymph, man. Mm -hmm. That's your waste management first. So what they're telling you is this. You need both. But which one you do first makes a difference on whether you're going to get better or not. That is so so true. most humans are attacking the supply side. Dude, I'm just going to hit you over the head with everything I got. I love it. And, and I'm like, that's good. But dude, did you do the other one first? Right? So you got to be very strategic about what you do. And this is really important when I try to tell, tell people. There's a difference between strategy and tactics. Let's just think like Sun Tzu, the art of war. That's right. It's a great book, too. And I, I think when you, when you say it about the, the precedes, it, whenever, um, like I do a lot of Chinese medicine and, and therapies, and, and it's yeah. so profound that when people, when they get off, like they'll come in. I know you just said this, Doc. They'll come in, yeah, with a box full of supplements. And I'm not saying that these aren't good for you, but they'll right. literally tell you after you say, I think initially these three things are probably the best thing out of these 40. And they come back and they go, Doc, I, I feel so much better. And that explains why. I mean, because the lymph is so congested. And one of my mentors told me, he goes, you always have to check and make sure that the body has enough energy, enough blood flow to support the actual metabolization of, of those actual nutrients. So I love that phrase. So People out there, they, uh, they when they're hearing this, they're like, yeah, I'm trying to take all these supplements to help my body detox. It's like, actually, what you're saying is if you're toxic, you're just adding to the fuel to the fire. So I'm glad people hear this right now. Yeah. So that's a great point. I'm not saying you don't need supplements mm -hmm. and, and you don't need medications. You, you need what you need, right? But it's the capacity of your body to do anything with what you put in it. Yeah. And what you'll find out is that the sicker you are and the more stress you have, the lower that capacity goes. So oh, it, it gets overwhelmed very quickly. And then what it does when it gets overwhelmed is it just doesn't do anything. It shuts down. And that's what you get. To, go ahead, Doc. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the inflammation will do that. It makes you uh, hypervigilant, right? Hi hypersensitive to things. That's the person where you say hi to them and they bite your head off. They're on loaded go, right? So you have to remember that. I can't remember the name of the guy who said it. My goodness. It'll come to me in a moment. But he mm -hmm. said, Therapeutic interventions are also stressors. Mm. I got to think Every, about this, Doc. Yeah, keep telling. It's therapeutic interventions. Yeah, also stressors. 
everything that you do stresses your body. Uh. So we have to talk about stress because stress is not bad. You, you need stress. If you didn't have stress, you'd die really fast, right? Because oh, yeah. you're going to get taken out because you're not strong enough and resilient enough to adapt to your environment. So the, the, the nature is going to take you out first, right? <laughs> it's, it's just incessant stress that never ends and your inability to adapt to it. So people have what's called maladapted stress responses. It gets stuck in only one option, right? It's the same with inflammation. Inflammation isn't bad. It's not the enemy. You need it because if you didn't have inflammation, you couldn't kill stuff. Mm -hmm. right? and, and you wouldn't have pain because you need pain to let you know, dude, you just did something to hurt yourself and you're bleeding. So get it fixed and don't do it again. And let's learn from that and don't be stupid. Right. So it, pain teaches you stuff and protects you. And it's time to tell you to change a behavior, alter a behavior. Yeah. And stress does that too. So, but the longer you've been under stress, the less you can tolerate it. So I have people that are in sympathetic, dominant fight or flight mode, especially recently because of the stuff that everyone's been through with the pandemic and the uncertainty and lack of control and all those sorts of things. And so they have a low threshold for stress. They have, a, they don't have a good tolerance. So if I'm doing a therapy to them, they can't take a lot at one time. Especially if I make the therapy in and of itself painful, which a lot of people do. You know, no pain, no gain stuff, that sort of stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you, that ain't going to work out well in the long run. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just this line that you have to get in relationship to putting stuff in and, and letting stuff go out. So supplements, what you mentioned there is important is that maybe you just get really selective on the ones that you're doing. Because here's what you have to realize. Even all the supplements you put in, if your cells use them, what are they making? That's right. Wait, They're going to make waste from your supplements is what right, I'm trying right. to tell you. So waste. you're right back to where you started from. So I would rather you not put crappy food in your mouth. That's a good step. But even if you put the best food you can think of in your mouth, it's going to turn into waste too. <laughs> That's a great so it all goes to the same. It all comes back to what I was telling you before. So it's a long process between going into your mouth and getting into a cell and absorbing and metabolizing and eliminating. So you have this process where you have to take something into your mouth. So you ingest it mm -hmm. like that. And everybody says, I'm good. Oh, no, Dude, that's first step. Then it's going to go down into your gut and hopefully you'll be able to digest it. But a lot of people don't because they have poor blood flow in the abdomen. They're under so much stress. They don't make enough stomach acid. So they can't break down what they stuck in their mouth in the first place. Oh, man. And here's a cool thing. Most of your lymph is located in your gut. Right. Wow. What? And now why would nature do that? Why would nature put most of your lymph there? Because that's where most of your immune system lives. Yes. In your gut. Yes. So when stuff breaks through your gut line and you have leaky gut or malabsorption syndrome, guess what system is there to greet it first? The lymph. Lymph. You got it. Right. So then it goes in. And if you can digest it, if you're lucky, then it's got to go through the blood. Then it's got to go into the interstitial fluid. Then your cells have to absorb it. If they absorb it, then they have to metabolize it. Oh. Then when they metabolize it, then they have to eliminate it. Right. And then you have to eliminate the elimination. So what happens is everybody's paying attention to the front side. The ingestion the side. side. I'm telling you, how about you start from the bottom up? 
or have a novel idea. How about you work both ends? <laughs> but it ties back to drainage precedes supply. So it's 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 not just it's not just what you do. It's the order that you do things in that makes a big difference. And that's what I meant about strategies and tactics. Like a tactic is uh, a technique. Mm -hmm. A tactic is a tool, right? There's a billion of them. What I'm telling you is if you have the wrong strategy, I don't care what tactic you use. Yeah. You have to go at this the right way. And then you choose whatever tactic you want. And the dirty, here's the dirty little secret. They all work for somebody. Yeah. But if you have the wrong strategy, you ain't going to get better. And in my world, that's the strategy. That's the strategy. Drainage precedes supply. And, and Doc, when you're talking with the, with the drainage and you do manual, like uh, the subclavius releases and you do those things, and we talk about different lasers and therapy, people out there are going to say, hey, Doc, you, this is blowing my mind because, yes, I've, I've had all these experiences. I've taken supplements. I felt worse. I've had these infections. What are some of these through your books and through your, your literature? What are some of the techniques or some basic simple things that even at home they could start doing or the therapies that they should look for to start getting yeah. to move? Great question. Well, here's, here's the one thing that I tell people. So you can't change something until you become aware of it. Yeah. So awareness is the first step towards changing it. So for a lot of people, this is your light bulb moment. Holy cow. Never heard about limp and nobody ever talked about it like that before. Boom. Right. That's the threat. So then you can go down the rabbit hole of looking how to take care of it. But if there's a, there's a strategy to that too, which means you, you can't just start rubbing on body parts and crossing your fingers that everything is going to flow. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's cycle back to that pressure system. If we may, we doing okay on time. Oh yeah. I'm just making sure like whenever I, I don't want to stop. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, this is like, well, I can tell I, you, I, I won't stop. I, so whenever doc, I get, when I get like this, this system is so intriguing, truly that I'm like, Oh, I can't, oh yeah. I, 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 dude, it, this system is everything for me. I've broken it down pretty much. Like your, your analogies are so good. Like it makes thank me, just, you. I keep learning. I'm just like, okay, keep going. I'm me like, too. Forever a student, you know, forever a student. So now the lymph here's, here's something we know that the lowest pressure is at the collarbone, right? Yeah. And the highest pressure is the furthest away. Okay. So what that means is that whenever you work lymphatics, you always have to work it from low pressure out to the highest. Okay. Which means you never start at the feet. You never start at the head, the hands. You never start at the head. You always start at the collarbone and work your way up and out. Oh, okay. Up and out. Up to the up to the top of the head, out to the fingers, and down to the feet. Oh, okay, good, good, good. I remember this. Yeah, in that order. In that order. Okay, because what you're trying to do is clear pressure blocks from the lowest out, and I'll explain it to you uh, in a moment. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you need to get that drainage to to go to the collarbone and. Nature is really smart, like nature, universe, whatever you believe in. Okay. These lymph nodes gather in clusters. Okay. And nature says to itself, well, you know, I got all these clusters and I know because I designed it that movement moves lymph. How about I put the biggest clusters around the primary joints of your body that are supposed to move the most? Yes. I.e., the operative word is in quotes, supposed to. 
Supposed to move. Yeah, supposed the most. So you have your biggest clusters at the top of the neck, right at occiput C1, C2, they're the top three bones in your neck because that has most of the motion in your entire head and spine, the top three segments. And most people are locked down in there because they have a forward head posture and poor posture and they don't rotate in the head. So I already choked off the lymph flow. That lymph node at the top of the neck, right below each ear, is the largest lymph node in the neck. Mm. If that's blocked, you're not draining the toxins from your brain. Heart stop, period, zero discussion. Okay. And it also can compromise blood flow to and from the brain because that's the major supply route to it. And brains don't do well without oxygen and blood flow. Trust me. Not at all. You can say hello to what's called brain fog at that standpoint. Then it also clustered around your shoulder joint because you're supposed to reach up and grab stuff. And when you walk, you're supposed to rotate and move your arms, not hold your phone and surf Instagram. <laughs> you understand? Right. Uh, so, yeah. like, you're not rotating when you hold your phone. You swing your arm. Yeah. It also puts a huge cluster in the abdomen hmm. because when you walk, you're supposed to twist in the center of your abdomen. That's the torso of rotation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it puts a lot of them at the crease of the groin where your leg attaches to the torso. But, and the other one is behind your knees. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. When you sit for a long period of time, what do you do to each one of those joints? The abdomen, the groin, and the knee. You close them off. Yeah. You bend everything and I choke your flow. So the posture and stuff of today feeds the block. That's why walking is one of the best things you can do to move your lymph after you release your lymph, after you release your lymph. So one of the first places that I tell people to start to massage is always spend a lot of time uh, at the collarbone. And if you go on my Instagram channel, I've showed you like so many different ways to massage above and below the collarbone. Mm -hmm. uh, I honestly don't care how you do it or what you use to do it. Just don't hurt yourself. And I'm going to be like your mom. Like, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. You know, you make it a little bit lighter and easier. But you rub the tissues above your collarbone on both sides and below the collarbone on both sides. That frees up the tension of the drain point and all the blood flow and nerves coming out of your brain and from your heart up to release the, what they call fascial tension, that's connective tissue in the body, right in that region. And you'll start to notice that blood flow naturally will increase and get a little bit better because you opened up the flow point where everything's trying to go. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people say, doc, I don't know if I'm nuts or not, but I rub there and my feet feel a little bit better. Is that crazy? I'm like, no, it's not. Cause now you're starting to understand how fluids move. Yeah. Then I'm going to say, now imagine if you rubbed all those places I just told you about, how would you feel then? He said, uh -huh. well, I'd probably feel pretty good, but here's the thing. You have to rub them in a specific order or you don't get the same results, which means that you never rub the back of your knees first. You understand? Mm -hmm. because let's take, let's take a hypothetical, if I may. Do mm -hmm. I have time to do that? Totally. Keep going. Because then I'm going to give your listeners what I teach everyone called the big six. It's the self-help 
lymphatic reset that all humans can do. I love this. This is great, Doc. I'm just right? going. So let's say you got swelling in your foot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, you pick whatever foot. Let's say you pick the foot. Uh, right foot. Okay. Right foot. So the right foot swelling has got to go somewhere, right? And I'm, I always tell them, where's it got to go? To oh, the neck. Yeah, to the neck. Got to right. go to the neck. Now, when you learn about lymph, you know it goes to the left side of the neck. Mm-hmm. 75% of all the lymph fluid goes to the left side of the collarbone. The remaining 25% or so goes to the right side of the collarbone. So your legs always go to the left side of your neck. Okay. Now, in order to get there, it just can't top hit an express train and jump right to it. It's got to go through other lymph nodes to get there. Guess what it's got to get through? It's got to get through the back of your knee. It's got to mm-hmm. get through your groin. It's got to get through your abdomen. It's got to go up your spine and go to the left side of the neck. So what I'm trying to tell you is this, is if I start rubbing your right foot and moving all that fluid, what if you're blocked behind the knee on that side? What do you think is going to happen to that fluid? It's going to build up like it's going to, yeah. Yeah, or it's going to go right back down to my foot. Right to the foot. It's going to just get backed up. Yeah. And now some's going to get through because you're not completely blocked off. Otherwise, you turn gangrene quick, right? So, but listen, man, lymph doesn't flow by itself. It always travels with the vascular system. Mm -hmm. So your arteries and your veins and your nerves run right along the lymph nodes. So if I block a node, I get inflammation in my fist tank and I tick off all the other things in the tank. Mm -hmm. So my nerves aren't happy and my blood flow is not happy, which means I can't get blood flow to my foot that I'm trying to heal by putting all the treatments on it. And I can't get the blood flow out of my foot because you can't get this because I'm blocked there. So but many people don't know they're blocked and the knee or the ankle or the groin for a couple of reasons. One, nobody ever told them that it made any difference whatsoever in helping their foot. You don't know what you don't know. Or more importantly, it's this one. They say this magical phrase, doc, but it doesn't hurt behind my knee or in my groin or in my abdomen or in my Hurt there, doc. <laughs> so if it doesn't hurt, it's got to be good, right? Uh, no. And then I say, how do you know it doesn't hurt? Oh, I don't feel it. Okay. Well, I'm going to put it to the test. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stick my fingers in all those places. Oof. And I'm going to, yeah, oof is right. Oof. I'm going to see if you want to hit me when I do it. <laughs> and most of the times you will. That's right. Because you're going to say, how that hurt. Mm-hmm. And then when you have pain in a region, that means one thing to me, one thing and one thing only inflammation. And then let's cycle back. What's the number one system to control inflammation in your body? The lymph nodes, lymphatic. Boom. You're right back where I started from. So here's what I tell people in my world, right? I'm not going to treat your foot. I'm going to look at your foot because you expect me to look at your foot first. So I'm going to show you that I understand where it hurts and I'm going to show you empathy. So you're like, this cat's out of his mind. My foot hurts and he's checking my collarbone, right? So I'm going to make you feel comfortable. 
And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you the pictures of the limp and I'm going to say exactly what I said to you in about a two minute speech. And you're going to go, well, hell, man, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, I know it does. Right. (laughs) And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and release those places Mm -hmm. from the neck down to the foot, down to the foot. Then I'm going to treat the foot. So here's the big six. I'm going to teach you. Okay. Now, it's really simple. And you don't even need to see me do it because I want you to feel it too. Right. So depending on where you are, of course, being able to do it or listen, you know, if you're driving, just listen, but we always want to release massage, stimulate the collarbones first. Now this is where strategy and tactics come into play because everybody always says to me, doc, how many times? Which direction, how fast, how slow, how soft, how deep. And here's my answer. Yes. (laughs) You just need to get in there and move it. Just don't hurt yourself when you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I usually tell people, we're just going to do a nice rubbing technique. Circles work really nice here because it moves tissue quite well. So I say uh, place one hand, the whole hand over a collarbone. I usually start with the left side first because it's the largest one. So take your right hand Mm -hmm. and put it over your left collarbone. So your fingers are above the collarbone and your palm is on the collarbone and below the collarbone. Almost like you're doing the Pledge of Allegiance, but your hand's higher. Yep. And what I want you to do is I want you to rub that whole region right at the collarbone, above and below in circles. I want you to circle to the left and I want you to circle to the right about five to 10 times and you choose the pressure. And we're going to do some tapping techniques, vibration techniques that I learned in Eastern medicine from studying Qigong. All you're going to do is take your hand and put it right over that region and just tap and slap right on your collarbone with the whole hand. I want you to, it's almost like you're tapping somebody on the back saying, good job. I want you to do that on your collarbone. I'm watching your video right here on the screen really close, Doc, because I'm trying to make sure I do it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So listen, guys, it's very simple. Don't overthink it. Go above, on, and below the collarbone. Yeah. Okay? Above, below, and on the collarbone. Yeah. Get the whole thing. Right? That's now, cool. I want you to use your left hand and do the same thing on the right side. So go on below and above the collarbone and do some circles, but you can go in any direction. I I jokingly say you can make hieroglyphics here. I don't care what you do (laughs) as long as you move it. Okay. And at about 10 seconds or so is pretty good time. So you're just going to start to free up the drain point. Now what's going to happen automatically is everything else is going to start moving there Mm -hmm. just from that. Yeah. So that's spot number one out of the six. Now, spot number two is going to be in the neck, high up at the neck. So we're going to go on the side of the neck. We're going to go on the left side first. I want you to find the side of your neck. I want you to go all the way to the top until you're right behind the angle of your jaw and you're right below the space where your earlobe is. You should feel this space right behind your jaw. That's the largest lymph node in the neck. And for chiros, you know, that's your... C1 sweet spot, Atlas sweet spot, right? Mm-hmm. That's the largest lymph node in the neck, and that's the drain point from the brain. 
So what I want you to do is, I don't care which hand you use, whichever is more comfortable for you to reach that spot. I want you to rub up and down or in circles right there. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to give you the option here because some people don't like to tap here because it's, it feels sensitive or it makes them feel like they're getting a headache or they feel dizzy. If you feel that when you tap, I just want you to rub a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. But when you're at the top here, I want you to take just a couple of fingers and lightly tap that region right there. Okay? If you don't feel comfortable doing that, just rub a little bit. I like that. Yeah. Now go to the other side. Do the same thing on the opposite side. So you always do both sides. And then do a little bit of tapping. Should not hurt. And none of these should hurt. So that's two. So we're going to do some math now. How many you got left? Four. Four. So I always joke saying, remember when you were in school and, you're, and you said to your math teacher, I'm never going to need math? Well, this is the vindication you need. <laughs> that, was, that was subtraction. So now we go to spot number three, which is at the shoulder joint. So okay. right where the shoulder attaches into your chest muscle, your pectoral muscle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that gets really tight there, right? Because people round forward. Mm -hmm. And this is the area where you see a lot of with uh, breast cancer, breast tissue, mastectomies, and they get lymph node issues there a lot, right? Yep. So I want you to take your right hand and I want you to put it right over where your shoulder goes into your pec there. It's easy to find because your shoulder is round and your pec is not. Yeah. Okay. I want you to rub your whole hand right over that region. Okay, on it and a little underneath the pec, almost like you're trying to go towards your armpit a little bit. Yeah. And make them big. Okay. Do some circles. And then now put your whole hand right there and then full hand tap 10 times. Okay. So now this is going to go after you do that. Where is that heading to? It's heading to the collarbone that you mm -hmm. already cleared out. You understand? Yeah. So you, had no, you have a free flow now. Yeah. It's like, dude, this is great. You cleared the way. This is awesome. So now do the right side, big circles. And then you hit about 10 times. The, the number is irrelevant. It's just whatever you feel comfortable. And then now that's number three. Mm -hmm. Number four is the abdomen. Okay. Now with number four. Um, it's usually best if you do the standing because you open up the lymph, but you can do it seated. I'm going to do it seated here. Uh, you know, maybe uh, is anybody going to be seeing a video of this? Or is this all audio? No, it's all video too, video and audio. Okay, so I'm going to stand up a little bit so people can uh, see. Okay. So you got a big space in the abdomen, right? Mm -hmm. I want you to place one hand flat over the navel. Yeah. And I want you to place the other hand above that hand and on the abdomen. So they're like stacked above each other. Yep. Like this. Now, this one, I'm going to give you options. Okay. Let's, let's play a little bit. You can take both hands and move up and down together. Like you're going like this, like you're churning butter. Bump, yep. bump, bump, bump. You can keep your hands together and you can go side to side. Now you can separate your hands and go side to side. One goes one way, goes the other, like a scissor. Yeah. You can put your hands together and do big circles one way, big circles the other way. Which way do you think you should do it? You know my answer by now, don't you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now you're going to hit the abdomen. So tap the abdomen. You can do together or you can do separate. Maybe you feel comfortable. About 10 times. That's going to vibrate 
the and move the organs. So this guy, this is why breathing from the diaphragm is so important. You need to get movement here. Most people don't do anything to this region at all. Mm-hmm. This is like no man's land, I call it. Okay. Yeah. So that's spot four. Now, spot five is along what's called the inguinal uh, region, mm-hmm. right? inguinal ligament or crease of the groin. Right mm-hmm. So when you sit, there's this crease here. Yeah. You can do these at the same time, left and right. Put your hands right at the crease. Now, you can go up and down like you're churning butter to the floor yeah. and up, to the floor and back up like that if you want to. Yeah. You can go along the crease, like you're rubbing along the crease diagonally. Mm -hmm. Circles I like a lot here. So you get in there and you circle around that region one way and circle the other way. Okay. And if you really want to have fun, try to circle clockwise on one side, counterclockwise on the other side. You'll you'll start laughing because it's really hard to do. Yeah. It's like the old rub your belly and pat your head. Sorry, man. I'm just having a little fun. I love it, man. I love it, Doc. This so is great. now you're going to take your, put your hands along the crease, and I'm going to give you a warning now. Be careful where you slap here. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to learn quick if you're in the wrong spot. I want you to slap the crease about 10 times. And then the last one is going to be behind the knees. So mm-hmm. This one you can sit if you want to, particularly if you have low back pain or you don't feel comfortable bending over. Uh, it's up to you. I'm going to change the camera angle a little bit here so you can see from a standing position. Yeah. And this is called in medical terms popliteal behind the knee. Yep. Popliteal so area. When you, when you bend your knee, there's a little crease. I want you to go definitely behind the knee, but go a little above it into the back of the thigh and below it into the calf. Get get the whole big region above and below. Mm-hmm. And all I want you to do is rub that region behind there up and down or, you know, in circles, wherever you like. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to slap behind both knees. Yeah. I can feel now, that. You know, in Ooh. Eastern medicine, that's a really important spot for yeah. low back pain. And I believe it's the bladder meridian, if I'm not mistaken. And then they call that like the magic low back pain point. Right? Oh, it's such, I mean, that, that place right there is a little tender for me, usually. Yeah, it is on most people because it's very neglected and people sit a lot and they have a lot of tightness in the calves. And the calves and the soleus are considered a, your second heart. Because mm-hmm. they're supposed to contract and move to pump the venous blood back towards the heart. That's a good point. I never thought about that, Doc. Yeah. So heart. that's why it segues into this last part. Yeah. People always say, Doc, I mean, is jumping on a trampoline good for your lymph? I'm like, yeah, it's really good for your lymph. But if you do what I just showed you first and then you jump, it's even better. Right? Why? Because what if you're jumping and you got blocks that are not moving? Yeah. It's just going to just build up. Well, you're just going to rustle it up. It's going to settle down and you're going to stay worse. Yeah. Right? More inflamed. So I'm like, yeah. She said, what's the best trampoline? I'm like, you're born with them. They're called your calves. Okay. So what you do is you just bounce up and down a little bit on the balls of your feet without jumping completely off the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. Because most people, 
don't tolerate force impact well. And if you jump off the ground and land, they usually feel pain in the ankles, the knees, the hips, or the back because they don't do that very often. Mm-hmm. So I want you to imagine that you're standing there and you're doing like really fast mini calf raises. So you're bouncing up and down yeah. and then that's your trampoline. So now I'm moving all that stuff around and I got the Venus pump going and your foot, but if we're back to your right foot, your, your foot's going, this is freaking great. I mean, he cleared <laughs> the whole pathway up to the neck. This person really gets it. That's good. Right? And then what I would do is now I would go back and do directed therapies towards the uh, foot because I know that the supply chain to the foot has been enhanced and the exit route from the foot has been enhanced because listen, the body already knows what it needs to do to heal itself. Yeah. Yes, sir. You're just trying to help it do that. What better way, man? To help it do that, then give it the two things that a cell needs to regenerate itself, nutrients in and waste out. That's the strategy. And it's so simple, but it's so profound. And I say it like, and you've taught us those six ways. And I mean, yeah, this is great info. I mean, and with this, um, you have books that are out there. You got, you show this on your Instagram because I mean, you have great, uh, a great Instagram page. Like, and you, I know you're working and that's what I'm saying. Like you find that distal point. Like I used to remember one of my mentors, doc used to always say where, where the pain is, it ain't. That's what he'd always tell me. He says, well, you know, he's like, where it is, it ain't. He goes, you, right. you look at that, but look at another spot too. So, I mean, this is like, and I, I want to talk, doc, I, I'm going to have you get on a live with me at one time with this because, and you got some great knowledge. I, I wish I could keep talking because I love your analogies. I'm learning so much. Um, <laughs> How can I don't want to? Uh, how can people find you though? I mean, what's your what's your Instagram feed and what's your Facebook so people can know? No, well, first of all, thank you very much for the kind words. It really meant a lot. Yeah, um, it's very easy to find me. I mean, these days, if you type in the word lymph, I'm probably going to show up because I I talk about it a lot. I call myself the the lymph doc because the stuff just honestly saved my life, especially when you when I tell my story. But stop chasing pain is my name brand. And that lines exactly with what you just said about your mentor. You treat pain, but you don't chase it because very rarely does X mark the spot. And as my friend Eric Cobb says, you're allowed to have more than one problem. (laughs) So it may be something else going on, right? But Stop Chasing Pain is my central hub. And from there, you can see all of my courses and classes and memberships and my own podcast that I've had for about 12 years. And um, courses as well as, um, you know, different, you name it, you can pretty much find it there. And Instagram is where I spend most of my time. Probably at this stage, one might call it an unhealthy amount, but I digress. And, and I'm just ventured dude into TikTok. I don't know how that rabbit hole. I'm starting to up. try to do some too, but I don't, I, I mean, I'm just, one of my friends like, you need to try. I'm like, uh yeah, we'll see. You know, I got a I got a life to lead too, so I gotta um, you know, pick my battles on the social media front. But oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, we've got um, with the lymph. I mean, it's a big part of what I do, and uh, you know, we have the self help video called Lymphatic Mojo Body Aquarium that people can purchase and you stream it and own it for life, and it shows you all the stuff that we showed you today and more. 
And then we have uh, intensive classes that are two days, like 16 hours. I mean, like you're going to know more about limp than 1% of the 1% and stuff that I'm going to show you that you ain't going to find anyplace else. Wow. Relationship to, because I don't want to just show you limp. I want you to understand how it relates to everything else. So then you understand the strategy because I can take myself out of the equation because now you understand how it works and you can do it yourself. Uh, you, you know how fluids move. That's probably one of the most empowering things that you're ever going to learn about your body. And you won't feel so scared or intimidated about it. And many people just get overwhelmed. They don't understand why the body is doing what it's doing. It always has a reason. You might not know what it is. You might not understand it. But if you understand fluid dynamics, I'm going to tell you, you'll be closer to understanding that choice that it makes more than most anyone else. And that I'll stand by until I'm dead. Well, I mean, it's, it's evident, Doc, with what, what you put out there and what you're saying. And I really believe that the people listening wanted this. They wanted to see what they could do to help themselves. And that's what I love about the podcast. I've always at the Health Institute. I want to see people have practical applications with profound information behind it. And that's what you give us. And um, Doc, I want to keep in touch. I, I, I'm, it, May, basically, I just like, we got to keep in touch because you're a great personality. I love your energy. I love the way you talk about these things. Um, let's connect. I'll, um, I need to message you sometime and get you back on like with the health institute, like doing a live or something to promote what you've got. Yeah, anytime. Time where people like, um, I may reach out and just talk and message you because I think it's such a big thing about like with the lymph and the infections and inflammation. So uh, everybody out there, please follow him. He's got great info. He's got the best videos. He has the best personality on Instagram. Doc, oh. just thank you so much for joining us. Dr. Axe, Courtney says hello and wish they could be here. But I'm just saying thank you for all this great info. Oh, much love to you, my friend, and everyone listening. Thank you. Thank you.